was an oven. All the kids eating ice cream with their cousins. I was studying while you was playing the dozens. Don't act like you was there when you wasn't. Running from the man. What's not fair is having the responsibility of a supervisor, but not the title or the pay. And watching you two move on, now don't get me wrong, any upward movement is movement for all of us, just not movement for me. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I am Zach Brooks, and for the 130th time, oh, a nice round number, 130, I am joined by... Brenda Fitzpatrick, and I also feel the pain of not being treated like a supervisor when you're doing the duties of a supervisor. I've totally been there, and it sucks. And, yeah, more yeah. more equal pay for everyone. Yeah. Get uh, get paid for the work that you do. Yeah. Well, last week, speaking of the work that we did, the work we did last week was we talked about the right stuff, and this week due yeah. to a uh, John Glenn, Mercury, astronauts, everything, the same story told in different perspective connection we will be discussing hidden figures from 2016 nominated for plenty of academy awards including best picture and uh some others in the 2017 oscars mm-hmm. uh then at the end of the movie we will decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in from the listeners and also your hosts we will be spoiling hidden figures so if you haven't seen it, it is streaming on disney plus in america and probably like that star platform or whatever that's in canada yep. and in europe i would imagine uh because it's a fox movie acquired by disney and uh so you can watch it there and then come back and listen to this podcast or if you want to skip ahead here what we're going to be picking for next week maybe later this week to be determined uh you can see that in the description of this podcast at timestamp and as always submit your feedback at ladder movie on twitter the movie ladder at gmail.com and follow us on letterboxd and you can find out what we'll be uh, watching next week from all of those platforms. I guess you don't really find that from Letterboxd unless you scour the right. watch list and, <laughs> like, are very, cl- very clear. Uh, but, yes, Brendan, we're talking about hidden figures today. We are. Uh, it actually is listed on Letterboxd as a 2016 movie, even though... That's right. It, it, I thought you said 2017. No. 2017 Oscars. Oh, 2017 Oscars. I was like, because yes. I was, you made me pull up the, by saying that, you made me pull up my letterbox list of uh, films in 2017, and I was about to talk about what a strong year that is. But, no, uh, 20, it's 2016. It came out, uh, actually, Christmas Day, it. 2016, and then it was uh, nominated uh, for a whole bunch of Academy Awards. Uh, I didn't have the list in front of me, so I didn't want to say, but it was nice. Best Picture, and I believe uh, Smacking Awards as well. Um, you might have uh, that yeah. one. I believe all, um, I may be wrong, I'm not looking at the wiki right now, I think all three of the female leads were nominated in some capacity. Um, I know Octavia, Octavia Spencer was, right? For uh, Yeah, yes, I don't know. Let's just, let's just Google this and see. Let's so Best this. Actress, uh, yes. we did not have anybody from this nominated for Best Actress. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, Octavia Spencer was nominated. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, yes. cool, cool, cool. Um, and Which then, actually, uh, I, would, I would argue with that maybe um, both Taraji P. Henson and Janelle Monet also could have been nominated for this film. I think they both give really, really strong uh, performances. I mean, I know the Oscars have their way of figuring this out, but it's kind of shitty in general that uh, like any of them were nominated for supporting 
Is that the yeah, whole point of the movie? Like the, the fucking leads. Yeah, the want. leads of the movie. They're not supporting. Uh, exactly. I mean, I guess like if you want to say that uh, uh, Taraji P. Henson was the lead and, and Octavia Spencer was the supporting, but I think that's I don't know. Like they all they kind of split this three ways between yeah exactly three leads. They're, they're uh, all- and then also it was nominated for best adapted screenplay because it is based on a book, I believe. Ah, perfect. So nice. Um, did not read the book. So. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Hidden Figures tonight, staying mm-hmm. in that Mercury program for another week. So, very exciting. Um, Brendan, how, are, how is it going? How, what's what's new in your world besides the weather? Uh, not too much, just, uh, you know... Uh, Three hours, spent... I said, beside the weather. You can't tell me how the weather is today. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I spent the weekend dog-sitting for my brother, as I sometimes do, while he was off watching the Avs win the Stanley Cup, uh... So shout out to the Colorado Avalanche on their uh, Stanley Cup victory over the weekend. Woohoo, indeed. Um, nobody cares about sports. Yahoo for podcast. school. But um, I did go to the theater and saw um, Elvis. And so ah. I'm going to talk about Elvis as the... Elvis is the best quote, thing you watched uh, this week? Quote, unquote, best thing I watched this week. Wow. That, I, I did, think, okay, I, I did watch a lot this week. I didn't watch a lot this week, and I talked about Into the Wild so much on this podcast that I didn't want to talk about it again, because um, that's really the best thing I watched this week, is I, mm. I watched Into the Wild again uh, on Saturday night. But I did go to the AFI um, Film and Cultural Center in Silver Spring in a... 1950s style uh, movie theater looking place to see the uh, Elvis biopic by Baz Luhrmann starring um, uh, Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Um, I almost said Austin Hooper for some reason. Um, Austin Butler. Oh, Austin Hooper is a tight end, right? Is that why? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So uh, not not the tight end Austin Hooper, but the the actor Austin Butler uh, does a really good job playing Elvis. Um, I know a lot of his singing was dubbed over, but I think his performance overall is really, really strong. Um, Tom Hanks, though, I know you love. I do Tom, love Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yes. Well, whenever Tom Hanks puts on an accent, it never works, and this is one of the is strangest, uh, one of the strangest accents I've ever heard Tom Hanks. Somebody go into the archives on. and dig up uh, Brendan talking about Catch Me If You Can, and let's see if a foreign, a foreign accent, a foreign accent. Okay. Rather oh, okay. than an American, rather than an American dialect accent, okay. a foreign accent. This is a um, uh, Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker who uh, changed his name when he illegally illegally immigrated to the United States. Mm. And actually, Elvis would have been a really good movie to ladder off of from um, Nightmare Alley because the whole first half hour of the movie is set at a carnival because Tom Colonel Todd Parker is a uh, former carnival barker who turns into a uh, a, um, record producer or Mm -hmm. promoter. Um, and he recruits Elvis Presley to sign with him, and basically, it, the movie is framed around the death of Colonel Todd Parker rather than really being framed around Elvis, which is a very odd way to tell the story of Elvis. But um, I, I overall, I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, so that's, it's the told Tom, around Tom Hanks's characters. Yeah, story? exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's framed around Tom Hanks's character, Colonel Todd Parker, but. All of the concert scenes are really, really great. Um, it's almost three hours long. It's about two hours and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really feel the length at certain points. But overall, I, I would say that I still really enjoyed the movie because every time that I started um, 
feeling the time and looking at my uh, Fitbit watch, uh, there would be another concert scene and it would get me back into it. Nice. So um, I think I think people would enjoy Elvis, uh, the movie, if they either like Baz Luhrmann movies, like uh, it's got a lot of stylistic similarities to Moulin Rouge, of course. And um, or if you just like Elvis, you know, you, you probably enjoy this movie. So nice. there you go. Uh, that's, that's the thing I watch this week. Yeah, I uh, have not heard anything good about it except you. Um, <laughs> most of the reviews have been about what I expected. Uh, I, you know, huge Tom Hanks fan. This was the movie he got covid filming mm-hmm. uh if exactly. you remember back uh when covid first started tom hanks said covid he was filming this movie it's finally mm-hmm. out uh, i think i'll probably catch it on streaming i don't think I'm. Gonna yeah you can definitely catch it on streaming um you know i i wanted to have a very unique experience by seeing it at you know the old school movie theater that was closest to me um in uh in silver spring so yeah. it felt like a very fitting setting i there were a grand total of five people in the theater and that <laughs> theater seats like was it the main theater or was it the small one? Yeah, the big one. Oh, the big, that, that's a the huge big theater. One. Yeah, and it that's seats like a big like, concert hall. It seats like 400 people, and oh, nice. I was yeah. one of like five people there. Just sit next to the person? Like, no, I did not. I did not. Um, I, even moved, uh, I even moved seats from the seat I got online Ooh. down closer. Um, closer, uh, A couple rows forward and more towards the center than the ticket I bought. Cause, nice. But yeah, it was a good time. All right, yeah. Well, that's fun. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it's uh, speaking of movies to ladder off. I would imagine it's a lot like Bohemian Rhapsody, which was the movie mm-hmm. that started my movie ladder, which led to this podcast. As I'm sure, sure. I've talked about many times on yeah. the podcast. Oh, for me, uh, I watched some interesting stuff this week. Um, I have two. So I'm doing that year challenge. I'm up to the 90s and I watched okay. both the 93 and a 94 movie this weekend. And I liked them both. One was really fun, and one gave me a ton to chew on. So I think I'm going to go with the one that gave me a lot to chew on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's The Piano from 1993, okay. uh, starring Holly Hunter as uh, – if you've never seen this, which I didn't really know much about it except that mm-hmm. like, it's a Jane Campion movie. People were talking about it a lot when Power of the Dog came out last year. Yeah. It's really kind of considered her masterpiece. Um and it's about a woman and her daughter and a piano, and the woman is a, a mute woman, um, and she is shipped off to be a uh, – she's purchased, basically, to be a bride um, for a man in New Zealand. Um, she's from Scotland. And the movie is like – you know, if you watch Power of the Dog, you might remember how that movie is kind of a slow burn. And this is definitely in that same vein. Um, it reminded me a lot of Power of the Dog in a lot of ways. But it was one of those things that ended, and I immediately wanted to rewatch parts of it because mm. um, there's just a lot. It's 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 a movie that you need full attention for, just like like very much like Power of the Dog, where you know put that phone on the other side of the room. You're going to be tempted to look at your phone. Don't do that. Um, and actually, like there is a lot in Power of the Dog that I found on a rewatch, especially the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Like I re- I remember rewatching the beginning of Power of the Dog, and I ended up watching the whole movie again. But the beginning played a lot differently when I knew where that movie was going. And I would say the piano is in a similar vein where once you see where the movie goes, it, um, you know, just the first probably 15, 20 minutes, which I watched again after it was over, does play a lot differently. Um, And just really complicated characters, um, really like lots of shades of gray um, with all the characters in this movie. Uh, Harvey Keitel and Sam Neill. Um, It's funny. This is actually the same year Jurassic Park came out. Uh, Sam Neill in both movies. and both had a lot of nominations. This more for like the acting and um, and production and uh, the more technical stuff went to Jurassic Park was nominated for that. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's not overly long. It's like two hours. Um, 
goes, you know, it's, it's a little bit slow, but I think like it, if you stick with it, it's really rewarding. There's a, yeah. um, it's a really, really impressive, uh, cinematography I thought. And, um, also some like laughable cinematography. Like, there's there's a couple points where she's staring out a window and the rain is hitting the window and it like zooms out and I'm like oh this is like what you see in like all the clips making fun of. <laughs> but exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember when this movie came out when I was uh, 13 14 years old and being like this is a movie I will never see. Yes. Give me give me more Jurassic Park. Uh, you know. So this <laughs> like, I would say like this is definitely going in I was like movie. oh this is gonna yeah. be like a, a quiet boring. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, costume drama, period costume drama, like a Merchant of Ivory, you know, like those Merchant of right, Ivory right. movies we had to work for Criterion. Um, but it's really not. There's actually a lot of like very interesting stuff to chew on, a lot of stuff about colonialism and uh, just kind of like this character, uh, Ada, her is her name, Ada's characters, kind of what she wants in the world. Um, but she is, uh, there is a character trait that I'm not going to spoil, but there's something about her that makes her character very unique compared to uh, other characters you see on screen. So uh, I highly recommend And it's not that the fact that she's mute, like you said? Oh, yes, that is. Or, I didn't well, know. You said, I, that I, early, you said that earlier, and I was like, okay, let me think of I did some not, other. I don't think I said that. You, you did say that. Oh, as soon as well, you opened the movie. I should have muted, yeah, yeah. muted myself when I said should've that. Um, when you said it. I, I feel like you're reading the description, and you're thinking that I said that. I really do not think I said she was mute. But yes. Uh, well, uh, somebody will let us know as soon as they yeah. listen to this. I, I'm, I'm almost positive I didn't say that. Either way, yes, she she does play a mute character, um, so she does not speak, um, and it's it just adds like there's a lot where you're trying to evaluate where she's coming from without her being able to say where she's coming from. Um, and there's a lot of characters that act as translators in this in lots of different ways. I don't think I said it. <laughs> it was uh, the first thing I'm you so said about Helen Hunter's character. You said she she plays a mute woman, and her daughter's played by Anna Paquin. And I did not say Anna Paquin was in this movie. Um, but yeah. Anna Paquin is in this movie. Very young Anna Paquin gives a great performance. It's like uh, I think she's like ten or eleven years old when they filmed this movie. So yes, I would recommend the piano. It's not currently streaming anywhere. I got it from my library. I'm sure it will be streaming somewhere sometime soon. So if mm. you want to wait till it's streaming, so I think it's in the Criterion Collection as well. So maybe you can hit it for some point for Criterion Challenge, Brendan. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's good on my list. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, and uh, that was that was the best thing I watched. Uh, also, you know, shout out to the HUD Soccer Proxy, which I loved. It was so yeah. much fun. Uh, nice. Shout out to Veggie Dog if she's listening because she's the one who suggested it last year for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I just like heard the HUD Soccer Proxy was kind of like average, but I Is thought it was great. Coen Brothers, or? Coen Brothers, yeah. and Sam Raimi. So nice. it's like really, it was Sam Raimi and the Coens wrote it, and then the Coens uh, wonderful directed it, and it's uh, yeah, have you I seen always. That one? I haven't. That's one of the one, the um, Coen Brothers movies that I've missed. Um, I always forget that the Coen Brothers and Sam Raimi are connected. They all went to Michigan or uh, around the uh, same I don't time. think the Coens were from grew Michigan. Up, grew up yes. together. Um, and also Sam Raimi yeah. went to Michigan State. Sam Raimi did not go to Michigan. Sorry, um, Michigan State. Yes. yes, but they do go way back. Um, yeah, they go and way, I think way they, they all came up in the film world together right around the, you know, the same time when Evil Dead was being made, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hudsucker is very fun. Maybe I'll come up on this podcast at some point because that could Maybe be a fun one to do. Uh, and it's it's very satirical and uh, fun, like Tim Robbins playing a doofus. And yeah. uh, it says it's only directed by Joel Cohen, so I don't know if both Cohens technically directed mm-hmm. it, but it's only credited to Joel. Interesting. Yep. So, um, all right. Well, that's uh, that was the best thing we watched. Um, but we also watched Hidden Figures this week, Brendan. We did watch Hidden Figures this week, and. Um, yeah, there, there's a good bit to talk about with this film. Um, we, we initially, uh, 
you know, we're hoping to get a guest for this week. Um, we're not able to line one up, but I'm still excited to talk about it with you. Yes. Um, so we were supposed know. to have, um, and we're gonna we had to do have feedback from her. So we were supposed to have Tony Starks because, um, you know, as soon as we picked this film, we said like, re- really, like the irony of like, let's hear what two white guys thought of Hidden mm-hmm. Figures was not lost on either of us. That, uh, yeah. you know, this movie is about the three. There were more than that, but you know, we have three black women characters in this movie who were really so supportive in the backbone of getting the Mercury program off the ground, uh, right. literally off the ground. And it's the, you know, when this movie came out, this is the untold story, really like the untold side of, uh, the right stuff from last week, like the stuff yeah. we didn't see cause we don't see these characters. And so it's these, you know, finding these three characters as not only are they working within NASA to get the Mercury program off the ground, but they're also dealing with racism and segregation in the 1960s. Yep, especially because they're um, all stationed at the NASA facility in Langley, Virginia, um, which is actually not too far from where I'm sitting right now. Not far from um, yeah. Yeah, but... So, um, yeah, so we were really hoping to get Latanya on, um, and she had some complications come up, so wasn't able to join us. Um, although, if you're listening, hi, Latanya. Um, we hope we do the discussion justice. Uh, but... Uh, she was kind enough to share some feedback with Brendan. So yeah. um, I think we were talking and we think it's probably best to like start with that and then kind of, uh, you know, point our our discussion about this movie and, you know, some of the things uh, that, that she picked up on it. And then we can talk about some of our observations and then get into it. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and read that? Uh, you want me to read it? You usually read the, uh, the, the right. first. But well, I, thought, I didn't know if you put it in the document or not. I so. did put it in the document. Oh, nice. OK. Oh, there it is right there. All right. Oh. Latanya, because I'm me, when you told me about the podcast, I did some preliminary research. I'm just sending this along that, so that perhaps you and Zach can include this perspective in your discussion. So not to pick nits, I really liked the movie and found it inspiring when I saw it, just because my history and mathematics classes never taught us about these women or their role in the space race. But I found some of the legwork they did with Kevin Costner and even Glenn Powell's character be indicative of the white savior trope that so much of Hollywood relies on when telling stories centrally about black characters. It is not to say that it is incorrect that black people have had white allies throughout history, but there's something insidious insidious about how Hollywood uses white savior tropes that takes away from some of the achievements of black characters that were earned all on their own. Now, do I think Hidden Figures is an especially grievous uh, grievous example of this trope? No, I don't. You'd have to look to a movie like The Help for that kind of blatant display. But there are also some hero moments in the film that just deviate from the facts and serve to diminish the accomplishment of these stellar black women. Mm-hmm. I will say that I found the work that Kirsten Dunst's character did in this movie to be incredibly poignant and really interesting. It hit the right notes for me because it so accurately portrayed the ways in which white women have always been foils to black women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dunst was complex and fascinating because in her character's mind, she really did think she was helping these women to succeed and that the myth of the white women propping up black women to succeed, that is so dangerous. I think I'd give this one a four based on strength of Taraji P. Henson's performance alone. Um, And then she did provide two links, uh, one from Madame Noir and one from Vice, uh, which we'll put in the show notes for this if you want to read more. Um, One is on the problematic and unnecessary white saviors in Hidden Figures, and the other is Oscar-nominated Hidden Figures was whitewashed, but it didn't have to be. Yeah, and what I really like about this Vice article, I don't know if you had a chance to read it yesterday when I sent it over, but um, I really appreciated this because it illuminated something for me after I watched the movie that 
really struck a note with Latanya's feedback when she talks about certain things in this movie being whitewashed that didn't have to be. And the biggest one is we have this really dramatic scene with Kevin Costner where he goes and tears down the colored bathroom sign yes. that's in the uh, wing that's half a mile away from where which, the character Which we see a lot, right? We see her yeah. character running to the... Every time she has to use the bathroom, yeah. she has to run half a mile, Just carrying half. all of the papers, and then she's working from the bathroom. And exactly. we do get, like, the, the music, which I think is the same music I use as the intro and outro, um, yeah. which accomplishes this, and it does make it, like, kind of jovial and fun, but it's really, really a sad moment on screen. Yeah, and the, the, the thing is, like... The article, the article delves into exactly the problem with this movie for that specific scene is that is a scene that is entirely made up by this movie in order to prop up the white characters and mm -hmm. show them as allies because um, I, it's Taraji. Is it Taraji P. Henson's character or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Mary? Uh, sorry. No, it's a. Uh... Yes, it is Trisha Pansen's character. Trisha Pansen's character um, actually never had to do that run and walk because she actually broke that barrier herself and used the bathrooms in the wing she was working. Mm. So they made up this issue to try to prop up the white saviorism. She actually broke that segregation herself and taking away the power from her character in the story mm -hmm. to do that herself is sort of the underlying problem with a lot of these types of movies. We see it in, you know, remember the Titans. We see it in a lot of movies that are set in this era where a black person will present a problem. And then the white person will be the one that figures out how to solve it Mm -hmm. after the outburst of conflict from the black person and it's not it's a terrible trope and it's a i mean we even saw like one of the movies that this reminds me a lot of is like in seven years or uh 12 years a slave seven years yeah. to bed 12 years a slave uh we see the brad pitt character who shows up as like that same kind of white savior and it's something that you know sometimes when you're watching these movies it is kind of hard to pick up on if you're not like really thinking about it that way. Like, I remember when I saw 12 Years a Slave, I just thought that movie was so powerful. And then, you know, I didn't even pick up on it. Somebody brought to my attention, that, you know, this this uh, Brad Pitt character who just kind of, like, descends in from right. from nowhere and, like, saves the day. Um, and it's a movie about slavery, and, like, the white guy comes in and saves the day. Yeah, De Deus Ex Brad Pittna. Yeah, um, yeah It's, it's like not great. It's a terrible, terrible movie trope that's been around for centuries now. And, you know... For it's, centuries. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of yeah, I mean, but yes, I, but I know you, for decades. Yes. yes. But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. for decades, decades is what I meant. Centuries yeah, yeah. is a lot. But there are a lot of centuries. But we're, not, we're not quite are... to that to that age of movies yet. <laughs> well, we're almost to that age, but we're getting there. But, um, you know, for a century or multiple decades. And it's really interesting in a film that seems as you were saying and as you know Latanya was saying it seems so focused on illuminating these three characters mm -hmm. who were working behind the scenes to um that have whose stories have never been told on screen and then it undermines that attempt to make good by giving us this moment with Kevin Costner or the little stuff with Kirsten Dunst like it's to sort I of would undermine even go back the... further before that to the scene yeah. with the cop. 
the cop who like, yes yeah. or the cop the- i wanted to talk about the hero yeah so- that reminded me a lot of the mobster scene in the rocketeer actually where like mm-hmm. the guy the guy is like we're gonna fight you and then paul Servino's like we're gonna kill all of you and then the nazis show up and it's like well i guess we're all americans here now right Right. So it's yeah, that's like, true. That's a good point. Yeah, like, oh, we're all going to stand up against the Nazis. Exactly. Um, so now, we, you know, we have this cop who pulls, who comes up to um, our three main characters because their car is broken down on the side of the road on their way to work. And mm-hmm. at first, he's really confrontational with them. And then and racist. Like, Not even confrontational. Yeah, he's just straight up racist. Straight up racist. Yeah. Straight up racist. And then once they reveal that they're working with NASA to try to beat the communists to space, he's all of a sudden changes his tune. And he's like, well... Why don't I give you a police escort? Because we're all Americans here, right? And it's like, but that doesn't forgive your blatant racism five minutes ago. So I, yeah, so I really struggled. I struggled in general with my feeling on this movie. Um, I don't think I like this movie very much, but I like what it illuminated. Because it illuminated something I had no, I mean, Hidden Figures is, um, like, I did not know about these these characters and it was something i never really thought of with the space race when i think of the space race i think of what i've seen in apollo 13 in from the earth to the moon and just kind of these pop culture moments where it's a whole bunch of white guys in white button-up shirts with a black tie basically right like that's what i think of and so i do really like that this brought to the forefront and mainstream this story and i did think that the three leads were really really good specifically um, I, I thought Octavia Spencer was awesome. And, yeah, I think um, she's great. And Taraji Pianza, I mean, all three of the three leads were really, really strong. And, like, it was a, the movie did make me feel good at the end, right? right? It's a good, like, there's lots of triumphant good... moment. It's a feel-good movie. Mm-hmm. But I think even without reading these articles, I did feel the whitewashing in this movie. And I did feel the, like, like, tokenism, I guess. Or not, I don't of... know if... To- yeah, like like the, like the performativeness of this that this and, and that's is what I was kind of expecting with this movie when I remember when this was nominated I was like okay well this is like the we're gonna feel like we solved racism because we nominated Hidden Figures for Best Picture exactly the same the same thing that people felt when they nominated Green Book which may come up exactly. later as a connection yeah. um, and and the help as well like it does feel like it is kind of Hollywood checking a box and then exactly you know I was like oh Theodore Melfi I don't know anything about Theodore Melfi and I don't know who's the director of this movie and I mm-hmm. don't know anything about Alison Schroeder who's the writer of this movie and then I see they're both white people and I'm like yeah I get that like this you know it it doesn't have to have black people on all the in all the roles but like I just feel like if you're gonna tell this story and this is where I really felt like a little bit tough for you and I to come in here and weigh in our opinions on this because it's like, well, like this movie is about these three black women who were not acknowledged or appreciated for their contributions. And so you and I are going to come in here and be like, well, we didn't like that. They took, they had this scene and this wasn't, you know, like, but whatever, like we're going to bring our opinions and it's the same thing I felt and I looked at the crew of this movie and I'm like, okay, this is directed by a white guy. It's written by a white woman. Yeah. Like, where are the black voices behind the camera exactly. of this movie? I agree. Um, I agree. Now, I don't know if the writer, I probably should have looked this up, but the writer of the Hidden Figures book, I don't know if that's a if that's a white white person or a black person who wrote that. Um, and again, it doesn't de- it doesn't define this movie. But I just mm-hmm. feel like it's the it's it's just that perspective that this movie did not have and was not able to have. And that's why 
you know, I really had a problem with this movie when, like, the first thing you're seeing is, like, the, the racist cop all of a sudden is actually the hero cop who's going to accompany them. And I right. get that that scene is showing that, like, okay, so the book is written by uh, Mary Lee Shellerly, who is a black woman. So there is that perspective being brought into here. Um, but there is, like, we see this, we see the the cop who's, like, when he finds out they work at NASA, he's so nice to them. He And he speeds and accompanies them from uh where they're broken down to nasa right like and and i I get what that's showing that's showing the power of nasa in in the culture right but i just think like when you're people call it copaganda and when you're seeing copaganda in a movie like this it's bad it it, it just put it set me on like the wrong foot for this movie from that point forward where i just was very cynical watching this movie and it was it was hard for me to give this the gravity that i think this it doesn't have to be a super serious movie, but this movie does deserve the gravity that it. I don't and think I, that it got. And I think that's part of my problem with it as well, is that this movie is such a Disney-fied version of what this story should be. Yeah, Foxified, but yes. It's Foxified, but, it feel, but like there's a reason that it's on Disney. Like it, right. feels, it feels like a Disney-fied it does version feel, of, it does feel like of the Civil the Rights Movement. Yeah. It feels like Remember the Titans. It feels like a Disney-fied version of racism. So, like, nobody is too mean to them. Nobody is too racist. Nobody mm-hmm. says the bad words out loud. True, they yeah, say, that's true. They say alternate words for the end word, but they never say the bad words out loud. We don't they're, see They don't any, say what was like, actually probably said to them. Exactly. In, we don't those, see that's a what point, was yeah. probably actually done to them while they were mm-hmm. working there. We mm-hmm. don't see any coworkers outright being awful to them. We just see... Jim Parsons is kind of a dick, and Kirsten yeah, Dunst is still Jim Parsons. So you're kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, right. You're, you're like, like he's, he's a lovable. You're like dick. he's gonna come around to the by the end, and he does. And it's like you're you're. It's a very G-rated version of racism and the civil rights era, and mm-hmm. that's that's part of my problem with it. Like, but I appreciate the. But then I also appreciate the movie for at least. It's kind of. This is this is gonna sound real weird or dumb, but it's kind of the definition of like the Bart Simpson gif. Like, well, like, at, at least, least you tried. tried. Yeah. At least you tried. Where he had like has the cake and it's so really the cake is gonna cake go in the trash. It, yeah, but it's still gonna go in the trash because yeah, you tried, but you, it's still not enough. Like you could have tried harder. Right. You know. Yeah. And and I do think like I do think there is a there is a something to be said mm. for this movie did illuminate something that most people before it isn't if they haven't seen this movie like i hadn't seen this movie you know for five years since it came out right uh or what one six of the years long- since it came out it was one of the longest tenured movies on my letterbox watch list yeah, yeah. and like but i knew about it right yeah. we, you and i both knew what this movie was about and once this movie came out and it did make mainstream and the fact that it got nominated for the academy or like i don't think it's deserving of best picture of the best picture nomination that it got. I do think the acting is, I, I could see the argument for the acting. I don't think the, I don't think the direct, I definitely don't think the directing and I don't think the movie is, is worthy mm-hmm. of best picture, but the fact that it got that nomination did get a lot of people talking about this movie. Yep. And so again, that's, it's continuing to shine a light on this story. And so I appreciate that. I just, right. it was really hard for me not to be cynical watching this movie. Um, and you know that's that's partially me, but that's just kind of how I how I took this. So I do think like my own rating of this is it's very hard because I don't want to give this movie a bad rating because I'm glad this movie exists. I just 
uh, like you said, I wish I wish that it was um, it just went a little bit more in depth and, and gave a little bit more of that perspective that, right. you know, like that we're getting so much of Kevin Costner in this. And, you know, the, I understand why, but the movie uh, also does a lot of tell and not show as far as yes. the lead actresses um, relationships to the astronauts themselves and mm-hmm. the work they did on the spacecraft. Like we hear about all the things they did. And then we hear about how much John Glenn admires um, Mary Jackson and Catherine. And, but we only get one scene with the two of them interacting when Mm -hmm. he first shows up to the Mercury. Which I thought was a really good, I I guess one in, you know, whenever we do movies that are, are steeped in history, I'm always like, I, I could do more research to know what is historically accurate. And I, you know, I don't know. So, like, it, is that what actually happened? Or is it, again, right. like, we're getting, like, you know, um, similar to what we had with, um, I'm thinking about, like, Chaplin, for example, right? right? Where Chaplin was the one to stand up against the Nazis when all the people in Hollywood were standing with the Nazis. Right. Um, you know, it, it, are we getting revisionist history? That Like, John Glenn was like, well, of course I got to go shake the hand uh, of all the black people that are here. Right. Um I don't know. I, I didn't look that up. I don't know what's historically accurate and inaccurate. Like, even the... Even the the sign that did seem very Hollywood when when Kevin Costner's character goes and tears down the sign, but you know I didn't know if that happened or didn't. And most audiences when they see this movie, especially as they're sitting in theaters, they're not looking that up, right? So they're not right, able exactly. to do this. So they do have to just kind of take in, you know, for what the what the movie is giving them. Yeah. So um, I also thought like, and I know it's the title of the book, so I am glad that it used this title. But yeah. I do think when you say it had a lot of exposition and it was a lot of, uh, you know, tell, don't show, like what this movie did. I, I do think even to. the title, like Hidden Figures, like it's like we are going to show you the hidden. Like it's just like so on the nose with what this it's, movie yeah. is going to be. And this movie is very on the nose at a lot of at a lot of times. So um, I don't know. I str- I struggle yeah. with this movie, but in general, I was pretty disappointed um i mean i really enjoyed the um you know that that the movie also touched on the technological developments within nasa that were so state-of-the-art and groundbreaking Mm -hmm. that it changed like the future of technology and how we use technology in this company in in this country for and around the world for decades afterwards i mean the the giant ibm computers yeah you know, it is, it is crazy to see the, the IBM computers like what, what like, you and I are doing such powerful computing on. Like you and I are talking yeah. through like this little screen attached this to a keyboard. Laptop. Yeah. yeah. They, and, and, what, and what what that looked like at the know, time. What I didn't know is the people that worked on those at the time were actually the people that were called computers. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't realize that that was like a fun little thing that, that I picked up while watching it. I was, I was like, Oh, so the people who are actually doing the computing and the mathematical equations instead of the giant IBM machine were actually called computers. And that's where they got the name for the robot machine I'm from. A, that's that's why that G.I. Joe clip, I'm a computer. That's where that comes yeah. from. Exactly. Have you ever seen that? The early YouTube videos where they used to do the uh, like the more, you know, clips and they would do different oh. words over them. And, and they had oh, the one guy's like, I'm a computer. I'm a computer. That's, that's what I always yeah. think of that. Um, on the Internet. Yeah, I do think this is an interesting pairing with what we did last week in the right stuff. Yeah, the right stuff was was over the course of the whole Mercury program, whereas this Mm. is really just focused on John Glenn's mission. Um, We do see the Grissom crash landing. True. Yes. 
yep. which I thought was really interesting to see it from a different perspective. Um, but, but we um, didn't so we get... see Grissom, Grisham, Grisham, Grissom, 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 Grissom. Grissom. Uh, Grissom. jumping out of the uh, out of the out of the hatch the way he no, does. No, like, they did see talk that. about him being in the water and the ship and the capsule sinking though. So. Right, but we don't see the like the cowardness that we see in the yeah, right and stuff. it's not from his perspective, which I also really appreciated. It's from the perspective of the people hearing it and like the helicopter and everything like true yeah it doesn't like we don't ever see grissom in this movie i don't think i mean honestly so, like it is it is really I, I i think i'm gonna say fun like it's fun to see rashomon of these yeah. scenes that we saw last week exactly a, like we've done with better better cgi better graphics but yeah. also like we're seeing a different a totally different perspective of these things and it almost like i do wonder if like what might be the best way to complete the trifecta of these movies is to do Rashomon next week, right? We have like one perspective to another, and then we do a movie about perspectives, and they're, you know, I don't yeah. know. That could be like a fun, a fun touch. <laughs> Rashomon. Yeah. Homer, you liked Rashomon. That's not how <laughs> I remember it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we just do The Simpsons. <laughs> Maybe we do. But yeah, I, I really appreciated how this film filled in some of the questions, like, that your mind thinks of while you're watching a movie like The Right Stuff of like, how exactly did they know when to do any of this science-wise and math? Yeah. Like, how did they know the right trajectory? How did they know what the right speed would be the to right break stuff. the barriers? How did they know what the right stuff would be for Alan Shepard or John Glenn to break the atmosphere and get into orbit? And it's mm -hmm. like, it's really cool to see the calculations and hard work that it took these women to do to to make that happen. Like, I don't know. I don't know shit about shit when it comes to math. I was theater major. Or anything. Yeah. And so it was really cool to see, like, even if I didn't understand it, to see the math being done, like the giant equations. And they finally I really like that they finally figured out how to calculate the um what did they call it the burn speed or something like that to like get into orbit and come back down from mm -hmm. actually instead of inventing new math looking at like the oldest math they could find yeah and, and like getting yeah. from a getting from one type of orbit to a different type of orbit yeah. to a parabolic orbit and yeah like parabolic versus what is it yeah. parabolic versus elliptical was that what it was uh circular orbit or something yeah i uh i i feel like i yeah, sort of elliptical just like versus my, my... parabolic Orbits. Yep. So, my yeah. ears sort of glazed over at that point from some of that, that stuff. Cool. Um, yeah, I was trying to think about like other movies that we could suggest for next week. And maybe there are some coming up where it's about the story, like the story, the side of the story you haven't heard, right? The side of the people who are actually doing the work versus the people who were like the faces of the work, right? The people who are getting the parades, right? We see John Glenn and we see the different Mercury astronauts in both this movie and in The Right Stuff getting the parade after and getting the celebration. Yeah. But who are the people? I mean, there's dozens and hundreds of people who actually made this trip possible. Like Forrest Gump? Yeah, well, like, yeah, that's like Forrest Gump or like the, I don't know, like uh, who were the, like Rogue One is like the one that's yeah. coming to mind, right? Yeah, who were yeah. the people who actually got the Death Star plans versus the people like, versus like Han and Luke and Chewie who are, well, not right, Chewie, right, but right, Han right. and Luke who are getting the medals at the end of A New Hope. But like, that's fair. who got them the plans to know that they could shoot missiles down the uh, the shaft to, right, right, to blow right. up the Death Star. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe Rogue One is what we're doing. I want week. a whole Top Gun movie. I want Top Gun 3, and it's all about the people who stay on the aircraft carrier, launching and catching the planes when they come back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what so, I want. Um, 
<laughs> no, I mean, I'm definitely like, I'm glad we watched this movie. I am um, and I think, it, I do think it's interesting. I think it's like, it is like when you're, when I wasn't feeling cynical about it, I think it was a fun movie. I think it captures the time period. Well, I think it has mm-hmm. like really good performances, interesting characters. Um, if interesting that we have Mahershala Ali in this movie when, really, you know, really then, charismatic of Mahershala Ali. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he was reminding me of the early days of how, of House of Cards when yes. he played Remy in House of yeah. Cards. And I mean, that was only a couple of years before this, but like just bringing that same sort of energy to, yeah. um, to the role. And then we even get, uh, uh, a, a lot of the, uh, Aldous Hodge who ends up playing, he's in, um, is he Muhammad Ali in One Night in Miami? Um, uh yes jim brown he played jim, jim brown. brown okay yeah, yeah um we could do which, one night in miami that's a good connection to this one night one yeah. night in miami was awesome i, I love one fan night of miami. if you have even if we don't do it if you like i it's, think that's that's all fictionalized i believe and that's all behind the scenes stuff that you didn't know about mm-hmm. in between the lives of these famous four famous people yeah but like, wasn't that a wasn't that a, a fictionalized account of them all hanging out one night I mean, um, it's. I mean, it happened. This is just what they think may have happened behind closed doors when they were in that hotel room. Yes. Uh, so it's like Muhammad Ali, uh, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, Jim Brown and, and uh, uh, Sam, Sam Cooke. Cooke. Yeah. yeah. So. All four great uh, performances too. Yeah. yeah. And that movie is directed uh, by Regina King, right? She's so fantastic. like. Yeah, and like so that's that's an example of like where you actually get a, um, you know, somebody who can tell that perspective versus you know, a white person who wrote this movie. And I'm and like, it's not that they weren't well, they were well-intentioned making him figures. I have no doubts wrote, about that. What the hell was paved with good intentions as far right. as activism yeah. goes, you know? Right, like, and, and I think like, for the most part, like mission accomplished, right? They right. educated millions of people about the story of uh, of Catherine, uh, Catherine Dorothy and, and Mary, right? Uh, but they could like, have done more is the point. Yeah. Yes. Um, and... You know, I, I'd like to see more movies like this. Like, I'd love to us to have easily been able to come up with suggestions for next week based off of this movie of all these other movies about, like, the people who really were the brains behind the operation. And really, I mean, it's not like they were the only brains, but they were a big part of these of these NASA missions. And we're just not. Yeah. And I know, mean, it, it's one recognized. of the it's one of those definitions of like history is written by, you know, the 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 white the white privileged people in our society, they get to say what history was. Mm-hmm. And that's how somebody like these three women don't get acknowledged because right. that's why they're not in anybody's history books is because of the people that are writing those. Well, and now these, what and now yeah. these three women are acknowledged. Yeah. Exactly. But how many other, I mean, I'm thinking about like, how many when people we, aren't. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking about like when we see Dorothy and he, she's teaching all of those, all of those other black women about the IBM computer. They're working yep. on. She has a whole room and, like, okay, so who are the other people that she's teaching? And right, we can't we can't yeah. know about every single person featured in this movie. But there's a whole bunch of people that actually supported Dorothy's work that we don't know anything about, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a whole bunch of people in general that we're working on. I mean, there's thousands of people working on these missions that we don't know anything yeah. about. Um, For sure. Let's see. So I don't have like a ton of notes in general about this movie. I just kind of watched yeah. it and, and took it in. Um, I do think it was interesting, though, when uh, Catherine meets Colonel Johnson. Colonel Johnson is the character played by Mahershala Ali. And, you know, while we are seeing racism, we're also seeing how they deal with sexism, right? And he's Mm -hmm. doubting that she could do anything for NASA because, not because she's black, but because she's a woman. 
Yeah. And so he's being sexist towards her on the very first time that we meet this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do see the sexism playing out throughout this movie and even towards like the Kirsten Dunst character, right? That like yep. she's held back because she's a woman working for NASA. And yep. when we hear, um, you know, when we hear Kevin Costner's character and he tells everybody like, we got to work double time. Uh, so Al Har- Harrison, Al Harrison is his name. Um, mm-hmm. He's already saying, we got to work double time. The Russians are beating us into space. We got to, we got to get this done. And he says, Forever, this I wrote this, this quote down. It says, "For everyone, I suggest you call your wives," because mm. he's not speaking to the women in the yeah. room. He's he's speaking to everybody. Like everybody is has a wife at home because everybody who works there is a man. So even him, this great guy, that line was written in there that he doesn't say like call your husbands and wives. He says call your wives. So yeah. like of course like he doesn't think of them on the same no. level. Yeah, right. Yeah. But they have to be there just as much as him. Exactly. And so there is a lot of. You know, there's a lot of surface level, but there is some under the surface stuff where it's the the sexism they're dealing with and classism, um, in addition to the the racism. Yep. So. Um, and one one we we talked about the big scenes for both um, Catherine and for um Octavia Spencer's character uh, Dorothy. Dorothy, but we haven't talked about um the amazing scene from Janelle Monet, um, as Mary Jackson when she goes to court to fight for the right to go to school so that she can be a certified NASA engineer because mm-hmm. she is the only person working in her, her division that they won't allow to be a certified NASA engineer because of the racism of that time. The only place that you could get that certificate to become a, a engineer was either by taking classes at a high school in Virginia or at the University of Virginia itself both of which are were at that time still segregated mm-hmm. and they were not allowing blacks to um, take classes at either of those places. So she files a lawsuit and petitions a court to have the right to go to school so that she can get her uh, engineer certification. And mm-hmm. it's a really great scene where she basically has this great speech defending herself to the judge and why she deserves it just as much like give her the chance to be the first at something just Mm -hmm. because it hasn't been allowed to be done before doesn't mean that it should never be allowed and you know she presents this really great case and then at the end the judge like the only concession he's willing to make is by saying you can attend school at the high school but it can only be nights and mm-hmm. think about what that means for her character, who is raising two kids, right? And it's like, yeah, trying to balance work, yeah, trying and to balance work and, and life, and right. yeah, and a family. And it's like, so now she has to balance all of that by going to night school, and it's awful. Like that, that yeah, was she's, the only she's, option. Yeah, she's not podcasting it. after work; she's going but to school. Um, it's I incredible think, that she broke those barriers and became the first certified engineer, like of yeah. a, um, African-American certified engineer. Right. And amazing. I do think like we see the scene where she walks into the classroom and she's like, mm-hmm. I don't see a black section. So I'll just sit here like, a, you know, yeah. again, I don't know if that's how that actually played out. But um, that was interesting. I do think like I thought her character was not giving short shrift, but I just felt like. This movie was much more. I mean, it was definitely Catherine's movie. We start with Catherine. Yeah. We really are following Catherine the most. Um, but then we're getting a lot with Dorothy too. But I, I just felt like the Mary character, like the, the movie ended. I'm like, I don't really know what the story was for her character watching this. Like, I, yes, she goes, she goes to school, and she is one of these women. But like, 
Yeah. I thought that you know, it wasn't it didn't feel equally balanced between the three women, which was another flaw that, yeah. of this movie. I would agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. And but I did think like especially this week when everybody's thinking and talking about the Supreme Court is that in this they they talk about Brown versus the Board of Education. Mm. And the judge says, well, in Virginia, our law is our law. And I'm just like, oh, God, yeah. that hits differently right now. Yep. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, we talked last week about the JFK speech. Um, and mm-hmm. you said you were surprised that they didn't include the JFK speech, uh, you know, about going to the moon. Uh, not because we not because it is. Uh, we will go to the moon and we will do the other thing. Not because yes. it is easy, but because yes. they are hard. Right. So, and I, I always love how he says and do the other things right, because there's yes. nothing else in the speech. Yes. We'll go to the moon and do the other thing. Uh, Whatever. I that also means. wrote that down. I don't think I ever picked up on that before. <laughs> yeah. That how silly that sounds in the speech. It sounds He's like, so we're going to do this thing and the other things. Like it, yeah, exactly. Was, it, I also wrote down the way he says dec- dec- <laughs> I can't even say it right. Yeah. The way he says decade, he says yeah. decad. Uh, like had, he, he has like a weird, like a, a really weird the, pronunciation of the word. That, it's that um, New England Bostonian, right? Yes, uh, chowder, yes, I, chowder loving accent, right? I, I really say like chowder. It. We're gonna do this amazing thing that nobody's ever done. We're gonna yeah. go to the moon and do the other things. Like it does kind of remind yeah. me of like sometimes like the way Joe Biden speaks, where he's like, <laughs> "We're gonna do this thing and like all the other stuff too." Like we're and, and also all that other stuff. But, like all that <laughs> other stuff is like. Very important, and uh, but you can't think of it, so you're just like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We, we can connect to that thing you do off of that speech alone. Yeah. Uh, and all <laughs> those other, the things other things. Do the other thing. I mean, we really could do that thing you do because there is uh, Gus Gross, yeah. I think, is in that thing you do, or maybe maybe Alan Shepard. One of the Mercury astronauts is being interviewed on the on the program. Oh, yeah, good point. You do. Yeah. Um, um, little, little nitpick thing at the end. So at the end, um, you know, I like that we see like kind of classic biopic thing where yeah. we see the actual the like pictures mark. of the women mm-hmm. and we see them like at the time and then we see what they look like mm-hmm. later in their lives, probably around when this movie came out. They also say the Apollo 1-1 mission, like it's Apollo and then two Roman numerals. And I did not know if that was Apollo 11 mission or Apollo, Apollo 2, 2 and they were showing yeah. Apollo 2 Roman numerals. Yeah. And it really bothered me. I'm like, just, <laughs> uh, if you're going to do Roman numerals, that's fine. But like add some serifs so that we know yeah, that right. it's like 1-1 one, one, and one. if it's or if it's 11, make it so it's like a, well, a it's serif. Capital point. I, capital I, it's probably Apollo 2, right? But I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't know. It, oh. it bothered me. I was like, oh, you, like you're going to take all this time. Like, put a, like, just, you got to, you know. Like, <laughs> that is I think, the nitpickiest of nitpicky things. I, well, I was so annoyed. I was already annoyed by, like, other things in this movie. And then that happened. I'm like, just, which, would she work on Apollo 2 or Apollo 11? I can't tell from the way, the font you guys chose to use. Yeah. Um. What did, what did you think about Glenn Powell as John, John Glenn Powell? Um, that's John Glenn. Nice. As opposed to um, uh, Ed Harris. Um, did you did you have any distinguishing uh, John Glennisms between the two actors? Who who's your John Glenn? Uh, John Glenn is my John Glenn. Good point. Um, point. Yeah. Uh, well, so I wish they would have shown the uh, I got a P thing. Yeah, um, I was looking for the I got a P thing on the Shepherd one, and then. The um, John Glenn part, like I was waiting for the fireflies, and when <laughs> fireflies weren't there when he got to space, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Well, wasn't that Alan Shepard of the fireflies though? No, that was John Glenn. Oh, it was John Glenn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it what's was very confusing, and I didn't put it together until yeah. just now, is that it's very confusing that we had Scott Glenn play Alan yep. Shepard. Oh yeah. And, like I didn't pick up on that until just now, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like we like that the um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Glenn Powell really Glenn Powell. looked like. 
doesn't look like what I picture John Glenn looking like. No, um, no you need the slightly receding hairline of Ed Harris, like the mm. little bit of, yeah. But I, I, um, I mean, I think Glenn Powell is like, I honestly have like no opinion of Glenn Powell. Like he was good in Top Gun Maverick. He's the average he, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He is like he is he is a replacement level actor. Like. He's really, really good in Everybody Wants Some, the Linklater film. But other I than saw that, that once, and I thought he was. I thought nothing of that movie is remarkable to me. Um, <laughs> See, I love that movie. But yeah. it's not as it's, good as Dancing Confused, but you know, it's just one of those that like I I watched it and I was just like, okay, yeah, it's, that was a movie. Like I don't know that that like Everybody Wants Some is the Glenn Powell of movies to me. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I love Top Gun Maverick. Uh, and again, well, you know, as we continue to try to connect every movie we do this year to Top Gun Maverick, I'm glad that Glenn Powell's in this. Indeed, we had pilots. Um, you know, maybe that's think, just the goal, and maybe maybe we start with Top Gun Maverick next year. Maybe we do because it'll probably be streaming by the beginning um, of next year. So that might be a, you know put that in the put that in the hopper. We might start with Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, next put year. it in the notes. All right. Uh, um, I think this movie did a good job of like capturing the time period too. Like, they, yeah. you know, I, I never felt like I was watching a set. I always felt like I was watching like 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 when I watch Mad Men, where I'm like, okay, like yeah. this is this is capturing the the era. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think like overall, like this, I'm I'm not mad we watched this movie. I just wish this. I'm not mad here. Yeah, I think I, I just wish it was a little bit like more in depth. Yeah. So. Um. What do you want to get on to uh, feedback? Yeah, let's, let's get on to feedback. Yeah. Um, I can't believe we talked as long as we did. I honestly, like, I will say, I walked out of this movie being, like, outside of feeling, like, a little bit, like, underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And, like, it didn't didn't bring, like, the perspective I was hoping for. I just felt like I walked out of this and I was like, all right, like, that, that was it was fine. But I didn't think yeah. I had anything to say about this movie. So I can't believe we've talked for almost an hour. Well, I'm, I'm just really happy and thankful for Latanya sending as much feedback as she did. I think that that was the right way to kick this off, and I think it sparked a really good conversation. For sure. Here, and so. Latanya, if you are listening, uh, know that you always have uh, return invites. Uh, it does not have to be Hidden Figures. Any movie, uh, yep. we want to get you on, um, and we will. We just got to get it to work a little bit better schedule-wise. So uh, let's see uh, feedback, what we've got. We don't have anything from Jeff again. Still nope. traveling. Maybe he's traveling the moon. He's been out of communication Maybe. Uh-uh. Uh, all right. So we start with Olin this time. Well, I don't think Olin's ever kicked off the feedback section that I can remember. Um, no, I normally post Megan the Librarians under Jeff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Olin says, uh, my first thought on watching this film was that I really like to read the book it is based on, mm-hmm. as it seems to tell a truly fascinating, inspiring, and insightful story. Unfortunately... This film tells the story in such a hokey studio Hollywood by the numbers way and managed to take some of the most powerful moves of our heroes and turn them into cartoonish subjugation, mm-hmm. particularly the running toilet runs when in truth, Catherine just stood straight when in truth, Catherine just stood straight up for herself and her work and ignored the bathroom segregation on the premises. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. So if that's what actually happened, like that is yeah. a much more that's what they should have showed and made a moment of that. I mean, right. Yeah, because that could have been just as good. That could have been the Oscar moment as well. Um, Because I do think I saw the taking out of the bathroom. So I'm pretty sure I saw that on the Oscars that night. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was the clip they showed. I'm sure it was. And again, it's like the clip that they show from this movie is like the white guy doing the thing. Exactly. And that's the one. The film seemed to relish in glorifying glorifying the racist and sexist struggle our characters faced. Having the dorky guy from Big Bang Theory as the primary racist antagonist lended further to that uh, arc prejudice being more cartoonish than menacing. Uh, and then Kevin mm-hmm. Costner really made you know that all was meant to be okay anyways. A right. film big on first while being about a second 
uh, was amusing. So he means that the movie yeah. was about, yeah, movie about, about women breaking the barrier, about black women breaking the barrier, but that it was actually the second person to get into space, uh, mm-hmm. the Americans. I must say the three lead actresses were excellent. Just a pity that all around them uh, didn't lift their game to a more thought-provoking film, lend their game to yeah. a more thought-provoking film. So Olin sure. gives it 2.5. And as one more thing, uh, there was a very prominent group involved in the space race that seemed to be very much hidden, made a couple of lines that Zelensky had even more baffling. Mm-hmm. So I don't what what group is he talking about? Do you know? Uh, Zelensky's the lead engineer. Yeah, right. What's um, the prominent group involved in the space race that seemed to be very much hidden? Uh, that we're still not talking about the German engineers that designed mm-hmm. everything. That's what he means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. We're still uh, so, not we're still not having a mu- movie surrounding the German engineers that we hired post World uh, War II to develop our space program. Was Zelensky in the last movie as well? Was he was the yes, same he was. guy we saw? Yeah, okay, we saw the yeah. same character. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you get to read Jim's feedback. Yeah, Jim says Hidden Figures is a good movie and it holds up better than I expected. It is undoubtedly hokey at times, but it works. Some pieces of it are problematic. They let the Costner be too much of a hero, but I still really like the movie. Four and a half stars from Jim. Nice. I'm glad nice. Jim liked it. I know Jim's a, Jim Jim Nye, the science guy. Um, mm. So, um, and Jim was the one who originally got us on this path of the Mercury astronauts because he's the one who suggested yep. uh, the right stuff. Who suggested hidden figures? I don't even remember. Did we mention this? Was it me? Uh, good question. You? No, it was uh, Megan, right? Megan the library. Megan the library. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Megan library and the king of listeners. Um, or queen. Whatever she wants to be. Yeah, yeah, she can be king. There's no reason she can't. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Kyle gave it 3.5 on Letterboxd. We haven't heard from Kyle in a while, but Brendan did grab his rating on Letterboxd. So we'll add that in. Uh, Stefan says, not a bad movie by any means, but it lacks some of the suspense of last mm-hmm. week's film. Maybe because the outcomes of the flight were so fresh in our minds. The three main actresses were incredible. All the supporting cast nailed their roles as well even if they were not the best of people. Mm-hmm. I appreciate how quiet and understated the actresses were. It fed into the hidden figures, quote-unquote, of it all, but it by no means took away from their performances. So uh, Stefan also gives it a 3.5. Three and a half. Nice, nice. Uh, Alex wrote in and said, I was surprised at how much I liked this one. Based on other people's reviews, I had thought I would not be super into it, but it was well acted, had good pacing, and a coherent story about that part of the space race. All three of the main women's stories were compelling, especially Dorothy and Catherine. And while I have since read, there were quite a few liberties taken with some of the plot. The core of what actually happened was there and portrayed well. Four out of five from Alex O. Nice. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad he wasn't uh, jaded like I was watching this movie. There you go. All right. Megan Librarian uh, was, uh, again, king of the listeners. Megan Librarian, whose uh, pick was to do Hidden Figures. And Megan says, I loved it. It's true. It's a feel-good movie about race. However, mm-hmm. unlike many such films which seem to exist to make white people feel better about themselves, Hidden Figure feels good because the black women who are at the center of the story make themselves unstoppable. What could be better, simpler demonstration of systematic racism than Catherine's daily 40-minute runs across the NASA campus to get to the the restroom? A great watch for stars. Yeah, and I would agree about the 40-minute runs if that part of it was true. And that's part of the problem with the movie is that when they have to make up something like that because they don't think what actually happened was 
as compelling as something they would make up, that's 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 a problem. And yeah, or the, like the, the music they played is so fun, and that's actually right. like to have to do that every day is not a fun right. thing. Right, um, exactly. And I guess it's, I was like it's tonally inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I yeah, guess yeah. that's maybe that's the point that it's like we're yeah. gonna show you this thing. It's really depressing. We're gonna put like fun music to it, but uh, and I like the song, um, mm-hmm. the Pharrell song, it's really good. But yeah, um, we didn't talk about the Pharrell uh, album, but I, I really like his music. I think he's a really fun artist, and I like the use of that song in this movie for sure. Yeah, and Pharrell was one of the producers on this movie. I yeah. don't know how much he, uh, you know, how much creative control he had. Um, and that's one of the things, right? We talked about the director and the writer both being white. I don't know if, you know, other people like the the, the author, uh, Margot Lee uh, Shatterly, she was a producer on this movie, as was Pharrell. Um, so I don't know if other people who like had much creative control who were producers and of this movie. I just don't I don't have that information. I don't know. Producers don't generally have that much creative control over the, as much creative control over the film as the um, director or the writer would. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, all right. Um, so, what does it, that give us from the listeners? It's a three point seven one four from the listeners, and I think I'm right there along the same lines, maybe a little lower. I think it's a three point five for me. I think this is a, I think this is a solid, well-intentioned film, even mm-hmm. if some of it falls flat. And I think the three lead performances really lift it above what could have been a worse movie. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm um, actually, it's funny because I feel like I came at this from a much more negative perspective than you. And maybe this is me yeah. being the great inflator that I am, but like, yeah. I'm also a 3.5 on this because yeah. I do think like as an on-ramp to a story, a lot of people don't know about it. I think it does a really good job of that. I think so. I just like, if you're not going to be cynical about it, you might get more out of it and appreciate it. And like, right. You know, we don't have to have like not every movie has to be the most like hard hitting look at racism. We can do exactly. it at, like a, in a more. Sorry, I just thought like, like I, this I is know, a great the, movie. This is a great movie to show to your like fourth, fifth, sixth graders and start a conversation. Oh, like I if you're going to really say your good, parents, but no, 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 I also no, think it's a good movie to or show your, your parents. parents. Yeah. yeah. Like, but it's it's um this is is probably a really great movie to show in school to start the conversation on people that are both people that are ignored in, by history and the systematic racism around that time. Yeah. You can start you know? a lot of conversations. I think that's a great yeah. point. This is a great movie to show in school. This yeah. is a very, very good a great movie to show in school. Movie. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I think we're pretty much at your 3.5. Listeners were just a little bit higher than 3.5. So that's, we're at a 3.57, which is a 3.5 for letterbox. Yeah. 3.5. Um, and I do think like, you could probably dissect this movie and like the decisions yeah. that they made in a lot of spots. Um, you know, and I hope this isn't the last movie made like this. I just hope that they keep like the keep elevating it and like have some diverse voices behind the camera, not just in front of the camera when you're making a movie yeah. like this. Thank so. you. Uh, all right. Who was your hero of the movie? Uh, I'm going to give it to all three of the women. I'm going to give it to yeah. Mary, Catherine and uh, Dorothy. Mary I almost Catherine. said Mary Catherine Gallagher. No yeah, I, I also, as you said, Mary Catherine, I was like, uh, um, right. I, I mean, usually I don't like to agree with you, but I do think like, all right, I will just pick one and I will say Octavia <laughs> Spencer because I think Octavia Great. Spencer is just like so good. And like, I, I, every time she's on yeah. screen, I really enjoy her. I think she just brings a magnetic 
um, presents to movies. Um, and as I was like looking for movies for next week, there were like a lot that I either forgot or didn't realize she was in, but also ones where I was like, oh yeah, that, that role is really good. And, um, you know, I think it's, it is interesting. I, I think Hollywood feels, uh, I look at some of the roles she's been in and I'm like, oh, she was in The Help and she's in Hidden Figures. And I'm like, I do uh, think sometimes she's in these, like, and The Shape of Water. Like, she's in these yeah. movies that they were like, oh, we're, there we go. Like, it's a little, a little of that yeah. tokenism I was talking about yeah. sometimes. I feel like where it's like, we're going to, we're going to make, we're going to elevate our movie to be an Oscar contender. Yeah. Um, all three movies of those are probably going to come up in connection or suggestions for next week. So. Absolutely. Um, um, for title connection, I just wrote down uh, the figures behind the right stuff. Ah, um, I was just going to put like a different perspective or, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, like, honestly, uh, this movie is about the space race right. and it's about racism. So like race and race. Space also, racism. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a little, I think that's a little, you're, you're, you're putting the Pharrell music on yeah. the, uh, on the, the, the serious topic here, but yes, yeah. uh, what did you say was yours? Uh, uh, the figures behind the right stuff. Yeah, I mean, it could just be like the... Um, yeah. The, the, it's pretty like, yeah, yeah, it's a little... I just think it's like... Because the, the connection between these two movies... Well, maybe we should just talk about connections. Are, are there other connections between these two movies? Besides, like, the, the stuff... You know, we're seeing a lot of the same characters, a lot of the same stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, NASA, space program, Mercury. I mean, maybe it's like the the Mercury, the other side of Mercury, or something. What about like the that. other the other right stuff? The other right stuff. I like that. Okay. Yes. Um, or the actual right stuff. Mm, well, we both had right stuff. Um, how about more right? Because I don't I don't like the other right stuff. Because I don't like othering. What about like more right stuff? Writer stuff. No, not writer. Because I don't think I it's like one change. or the other. I think it's like change. we're getting a, right. we're additional right stuff. Additional right um, stuff. Yeah, like um, the white stuff. Is that what we're going to... I was going to say that, then I thought I didn't want to go there. Because... I mean, it does kind of sum up like a lot of the problems with the movie, right? The, the, the whitewashing, yeah. Yeah, the whitewashing. Uh, the the rightwashing? I don't know. No, that's that sounds awful. No, they go the to right Fox News for the whitewashing. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. No, I, I can't think of a good title connection. I do think like it's just like the Rashomon stuff. Like, yeah. it's... Like the other perspective, <laughs> and we just wanna, we're, we're showing the other. I, I think it's just the other. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Everything's loaded. Every every word I could think of is loaded. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the other the other perspective of Mercury. I don't know. I thought you didn't want to put other though. So I don't know. I like I just don't want to like. Um, <laughs> and it, how about like an additional perspective? Is that like it's the so? Uh, it's a math pun, so I kind of <laughs> like it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the and I'll, I'll capitalize add the add additional perspective. I think we uh, that's a good one. I, I like. I didn't even think of the math pun. The additional that's, stuff. Yeah, the additional. Okay, they're the perfect. Add. Yes, there. You got it. You got it. You got it. That's it. The additional stuff, and I will capitalize add when I write the title. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. People, people who are looking at their people who are looking at their <laughs> podcast player are like, yeah, you guys trying to figure out that. how we got there. Yeah, they're like, you guys are going to say the additional stuff. Just say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad we got there. Uh, the I like the stuff. yeah. The additional stuff is very good. I like. That. I like it. Uh, very good. All right. People are going to think we're talking about ADD. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. Not, I have ADD. Um, it's the power of math, people. Yes. All right. Well, do you have any connections to other movies? Because I have none. Uh, it's how the movies we did this year. Uh, not really. Not um. Yeah, I mean we've had a lot of 
space flight stuff. There were no hospitals. There were no people no. going across the Atlantic except no. Zelensky. Um, no motorcycles. Um, yeah. I mean, we did it. We have had lots of we have had um, pilots. Now uh, this is four movies in a row: The Aviator, The Rocketeer, we had, The we had people, stuff. We had people nice. dancing in a kitchen or in a house in a couple of movies. Um, like the uh, not the hours and in um, the other one. What was the August Dosage County? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there you go. And we did talk about the scene in Chaplin where Chaplin like stands up against the Nazis, right? Yeah. And we had um, the courtroom scene in this as well as um, in a couple other movies. We've got courtroom scenes. Devil's Advocate, Fracture, uh, Chaplin, The Aviator, all courtroom yeah, scenes. Exactly. Uh, Senate hearings like in The Aviator. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're getting, you know, the Beatles were big in the 60s and we have that whole Beatles run earlier this year. Yeah. There we go. So bigger than um, the there we go. All right. Uh, and what about movie map? Um, this was a hard one. I thought about Back to the Future because it's oh, all okay. about like people in the in the sixties in a different time and place trying to figure out what the future is gonna be and paving the way for, you know, computer technology and different mm-hmm. things in the future. Um so that was the big one was Back to the Future. There um, is some um, also actually casual, there is some there yeah. is some like commentary on segregation racism at the end yeah, of Back to the Future. That's what I was about to say. What's the casual the casual racism in Back to the Future? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, no, I uh, I had two. One was Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, just for the word uh, hidden being in the title. Um the other one I thought of was Private Benjamin, kind of in yeah. terms of breaking the glass ceiling. Uh, we yeah. had Private Benjamin breaking the glass ceiling in the army. True. Um and then, you know, just in terms of other movies that we have, con- so this has come up a couple times. Uh, Jeff suggested this off of uh, Newsies. So okay. Jeff, uh, who did not write in feedback, but he suggested this. He said movie, his movie ladder will focus on historical events. Uh, so he did suggest hidden figures for that one. Sure. Uh, and then in off episode 45, Working Girl, he suggested hidden figures, women who are uh, held back because they're women, and yep. also in this case because they're black. Um, yep. So. Yeah, we hadn't. That was. I actually thought hidden figures had come up a lot, but it was only those two times that it had been yeah. suggested. So, nice. um, and we have just one last thing to do. One last thing. Um, the the one last thing. There was one specific moment in this movie for me that like gave me pause and like made me kind of sad to think about, and that's mm-hmm. when um, so Octavia Spencer's character comes home and they're talking about um how they had to do a bomb drill in class mm. like her kids had to do a bomb drill and they all had to hide under their desks in case the russians attacked and then like it made me think about oh god now like kids these days don't have to do bomb drills they have to do shooter drills where they hide shooter under drills, their desks. Yeah. and yeah. i was like oh my god like the times that we live in are like awful and always have been awful and it was right. like a weird mirroring of like thinking about like how little like the, the the specifics can change, but the things we do that will quote unquote keep keep our children safe haven't really changed that much. Yeah, it's so like, traumatizing. I, yeah. yeah, you and I both have a friend who recently told us that his daughter, who's in preschool, had an active shooter drill. And like, like, the- I remember vividly mm-hmm. when his daughter was born very yeah. recently and is already like in school and like it it I've, you know, thought about this, but it really put a new perspective on it where, like, mm. and actually as you're talking, like, it, yeah, it's, it, it just, it, it's really it sad. is really sad. It is really sad. This is, like, the future, like, kids are growing up with, and, like, as, yeah. yeah, like, so many things in the future are, like, just really shitty in this country and, and, and in the world. And that's the saddest and, like, part is, like, 
you're they is that we're at the point in this country where they are more likely to have to protect themselves from an active shooter than they are the Russians dropping a nuclear bomb on them. Right. Well, and the, <laughs> and, to, and the Russians might not be that far away from dropping a nuclear bomb also. So, like, it's not Exactly. A, like, a, yeah. the more things change, the more they stay the same as well. Yeah. No, that's... Um, yeah, that's... That's, okay. that's, that's a, I hope that's a sad, one more thing is... Uh, mine is much more uplifting than that. Um, I'm glad and, I went. Yes. Uh, and that was... Uh, there was a line that I thought about using as our opening line, and that was, here at NASA, we all pee the same color. And uh, I just thought that was a funny line. I thought it was kind of like indicative of the way this, like the philosophy yes. of this movie that like we're all the same color. And it, is, it does remind me of like that graphic that you see, which is like equality versus equity. And like equality is like everybody's standing on the same step. Right. That's the same height. And then you see equity and it's like, well, the heights are adjusted based on the people and the heights of the people. Exactly. Um, so it, I do feel like this movie is all about like equality. Like we all pee the same color. And it's like, well, it's a- uh it's it's it, like it's it's a little bit like um simplistic it's very also, indicative of how this movie deals with race yes like that's and, the way this movie thinks about it yeah and i also before we started this podcast i mentioned to you i was like oh, i was thinking about using the we all pee the same color line to open the podcast and you said well that's not true we don't all pee the same color and i want to take you to task for that i mean we all sort of pee the same color but like it depends how much water you've had that day it depends what you've had to eat it depends what you've had to drink you know i mean the like only time we don't like pee the same color, the same, the besides time. blood, is sorry. Besides blood, Jesus. is is beets. If you eat beets, you pee a different color than me. But otherwise, we all pee some some shade of yellow. Well, depending on how much water you've had, sometimes your pee is white. Right, a little clear. Or clear, it's white. clear is what I mean. Yeah, if your pee is no, white. It's, it's something clear. else. Uh, if your pee, pee is white, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah that's not a problem. It's just a different thing. <laughs> Leave it that in. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. So yes, we all pee the same color, at least the same shade of the same color. Uh, sure. But if you ever want to freak yourself out, eat some beets, and no, then the next you. day when you go to the bathroom, you will think that you're dying, and it's just the beets. I'm, I'm good. Good man. Beets okay. are delicious, though. I, do I don't like, like beets. Oh when really? I'm, I'm gonna outlaw beets. Oh man, I'm gonna be in DC this weekend. I feel like I should come over to your apartment and make you some beets because there are beets are delicious. Uh, I'm gonna maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Beets by Zach. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, that was Hidden Figures. Uh, who would have thought that was how we were, where we would go with Hidden Figures with the different colors of uh, the things that come out of your organs? But that's where we are. Uh, yeah, that was a 3.5 was our rating. But let's get to our ladder rung segment where we pick a movie for next week based on suggestions sent in from the listeners. Once we pick that movie, send in your feedback at LadderMovie on Twitter, themovieletter.gmail.com. And... Uh, We'll add all these to our watch list on Letterboxd. Uh, scheduling might be a little bit funky because we are early this out. week. Um, depending on what we pick, Brendan and I will be in the same city. We've talked about maybe trying to record together on Friday. It just depends on – it really depends on what we pick. Unless we pick, like, a very small selection of movies, it would probably will be, like, the middle of next week that we're recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we – there are a couple that if we pick one of those – it could be very fun to like we could figure it out and we could do it. We just would have to figure it out. So we might know at the end of this podcast and uh, just we'll put it on the on the Twitter. So at, yep. check out at Ladder Movie to find out what our recording. Get those Twitter streets. Yeah. So, um, but we're only gonna pick a Friday. We're only gonna pick to do a Friday recording because it's only a couple days away. If it's the right movie, if it's right. one that we think like if it's the right stuff. <laughs> yes, we're doing the right stuff again. Send it the the rewrite stuff. The re the re stuff. Yeah. Uh, stay puff. All right. Well, no Jeff this week. I uh, hope we get him back soon. So we yep. got Alex. 
kicking us off on the suggestions section. And he says uh, his suggestions include Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Or Glenn Powell flying something. He put just kidding, but I don't know what he's kidding about. Because yeah. um, Alex knows we'll never actually pick Top Gun Maverick. I mean, That's I think your idea is great. I do think yeah. Top Gun Maverick to start off season four makes a ton of sense. I think it makes sense too. But we'll yeah, talk we'll about see. it. We'll see. We got we got uh six months until six months and four yeah. days until oh we have to Lord. decide on that. All right. Next suggestion, Charlie's Angels or Hocus Pocus. Both have three female characters leading. Nice. Uh, and also Gattaca. People being treated as lesser than based on genetics and also space stuff. Ooh, Gattaca is what I need to I, I like that. Have you seen Gattaca? I can't remember. I have. Okay. Gattaca. It would be like, I, I would auto-pick that if you had not seen Gattaca. But I do love Gattaca. you have seen it, it's not an auto-pick. All right. Then from all in, first two films f- deal with hidden figures in this and other films that were pivotal in the U.S. and also Soviet space development. The first is The Good German from 2006. Mm-hmm. Steven Soderbergh film directing uh, George Clooney and Kate Blanchett. A murder mystery set amongst, amidst the United States aiming to recruit leading German rocket engineers in Operation Paperclip in post-war Berlin. Mm-hmm. That was a mouthful. All right, his next one, I Aim at the Stars, biopic of the early life of the most important NASA engineer and former Nazi and SS major, Dr. Va- Werner von Berlin. Von Braun. Von, von Braun. Braun. Von Braun, yeah. yeah, all right. After that, we were the von Brauns. Oh, nice. Uh, and then uh, uh, Cosmatata from 2009. Yep. Uh, Owen, give me all the hard pronunciation tonight. Italian comedy set among, amidst the Soviet-U.S. space race. A young female child in Rome dreams of going to space but faces chauvinist uh, prejudice. There you go. Uh, a trip to the moon. If you want a quintessential quick turnaround film, why, sure, why not? Uh, that is a very, it'll be our shortest film by probably an yeah. hour. Um, yep. And I recently watched it this year. It is from 1902. It would be the yep. oldest by far. It would be about a, a trip to the moon. Yep. All right. Jim Crumley has uh, Stand and Deliver, another movie about people excelling in math despite doubters. Plus, mm-hmm. Edward James Omos gives uh, his best pre-Battlestar Galactica performance. I agree. Oh, nice. Have you seen Stand and Deliver? I have. It was one of those movies that they always showed in elementary school because it's all about developing a love for calculus. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. I like calculus. I like I like math in general. I like how numbers add up. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh Megan the Librarian, JFK. MTL suggests JFK from 1991. Uh, Another movie starring Kevin Costner about American history in the 1960s. According to Megan the Librarian, the best Kevin Costner film. It also plays fast and loose with the facts. Yeah, it's like conspiracy theory. Yeah. The next one, The Help from 2011. Another film starring Octavia Spencer that deals with race relations and black Mm -hmm. women's stories in the same period. I I suggest this movie, despite its shortcomings, it's still a pretty fun watch. Interesting. Next one, Moonlight from 2016. An obvious connection. It came out the same year as Hidden Figures and co-stars Janelle Monae and Mahershala Ali. Yep. Tells uh, stories over multiple time periods as well. I will just add, uh, mostly as a preview of something I'm going to suggest. And then Stefan... Rounds out the listeners. He says, Curious case of Benjamin Button. Taraji P. Henson and Marshall Ali play a married couple in the period-ish film. I did notice there were a lot of cast connections in that one. Yep. Uh, another one I was thinking of, A Beautiful Mind. Uh, score in this is reminiscent of A Beautiful Mind score, and yep. it's about a genius mathematician. And then taking one off my list, uh, actually when I added what we were talking, Remember the Titans? Yep. A film about competition that quote-unquote tackles similar themes. 
and then Stefan says, bonus, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, yes. For reasons. For yeah. reasons, yes. Uh, All right. So that's the listeners. I got to readjust mine because a couple of mine were taken off. Nice. Um, well, right. I am... Uh... I would be happy to continue Space Month, but I'm not going to go all space this week like I did last week, mostly. Are you going to pick a Spacey month? Are you going to pick some Kevin Spacey movies? I'm not. Um, I am going to pick a Kevin Costner movie where he comes in at the last second and, quote-unquote, has a very valuable lesson to teach with his lead character. This movie also plays fast and loose with the uh, history behind it. Uh, Molly's Game which is a movie I really liked from 2017. Ah, yes. Just a year later. Yeah. It feels like this movie came out way earlier than Molly's Game, but... Yeah. Um, I also, guess because I made a move in between. This this movie came out probably, in 2016. Yeah. I moved in 2017, so... Yeah. That would be why. Um, also, like, I, uh, we didn't talk about this, but so Hidden Figures came out in December of 2016 as we're, like, in between the election of Donald Trump yeah. and the inauguration of Donald Trump. Yeah. So just interesting timing for this movie to come out. Anyways, um, another another um, historical uh, biopic uh, centered around a character flying. I thought of Sully. So I'm going to suggest Sully. Um, beautiful Mind was on my list. Um, I'm also going to suggest a movie that I found when I was looking up different um, things to connect to. Uh, the Man Who Knew Infinity from 2015 which is about a mathematician and then also the imitation game which ah. is about um turing and it's about all about math um numbers and shit and then i am gonna i am gonna recommend one space-based movie but which one do i want to choose um i am gonna go with apollo 10 and a half again the lit since we brought up link later earlier glenn powell voices a character yep. in it and that it will be my fifth and final pick i did think about that i had that on my list we can continue space month yeah um all right um well i have a lot still that haven't been picked um okay trying to think of what I want to do. So the first is the one that I was kind of hoping we would just do. It's not the best connection, but it's like, if we did this, it's going to be our Friday movie. Um, so, right. and it's about space um, and astronauts and flying into space and like making the impossible happen. We have lots of scientists in it, saving yep. the world. Um, it is 4th of July next week. It is our Independence Day. I thought like Independence Day would be super easy for like both of us to watch for like the thousandth time this week. Sure. And then we could just record a podcast on Friday about Independence Day. I thought you were describing The Martian and I was about to be really, oh. really happy. Oh, no. I mean, The Martian would be a good one, too. But yeah, Independence Day was where my uh, my mind went. I, I was, I've been thinking Independence Day is our Friday podcast for a while. I was like, well, somehow yeah. we can connect to it. I know you um, yeah. I'm actually shocked there's no cast connection between this and Independence Day. Um but, yeah, I mean, it was made a while ago. So, yes, Independence Day is my first one. Uh, next one, uh, Octavia Spencer is in this. It was nominated one year later for mm -hmm. uh, Best Picture, and it won yep. Best Picture. Yeah, we got the same time period. We've got scientists. So that's The Shape of Water. Um, mm -hmm. That has come up a couple times. Uh, most of mine are actually Octavia Spencer movies. Um, I also have Drag Me to Hell. Uh, most nice. of us have watching a lot of Sam Raimi lately. She does. I haven't seen Drag Me Hell in a while. She'll star in that movie or co-star in that it. movie. So um, it's like a it's like a Sam Raimi horror movie. Mm -hmm. um, could be fun. Uh, Loose is another one. Octavia Spencer is in Loose, um, which came out uh, 2018, maybe 2019. Yeah. Um, and it's a 
it's a about a uh, a character and he's a star athlete octavia um spencer is one of the teachers at his school and you just it's kind of a family drama it gets pretty intense um towards the end mm-hmm. uh, and it's directed by the guy who did waves oh it's not you no know, it's not directed by the guy who did waves just kidding um but i think there's some connection to the movie waves if you've ever seen mm-hmm. that kevin calvin harrison i think was in both movies i think that's what i'm thinking of yes um all right so loose was another one because octavia spencer's in that Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie 13 Days, uh, which is yep. about the Cuban Missile Crisis. So Kevin Costner is in that. And I believe a couple other people from this movie. Um, I don't remember who else it was. that's in. Yeah, this. he plays uh, an advisor to the Kennedy brothers from the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, so we're getting Kennedy. We're same, getting the same, same time period. Same time period. Uh, Zelensky, maybe. The guy who plays Zelensky, I think, is in 13 Days. I'm just kind of clicking real quick to see if that was right. Um, yes. So that was my other one. Um, and how many is that? Is that five? It is. All right. I will leave the rest off. Um, so Green Book was on my list. I'm surprised neither of us um, suggested that. That was true. Um, I really thought one of us was going to say Green Book. I almost did. Um, have you seen Green Book? I watched. I have. Yeah, and Selma is also one that came up for me. Selma would be interesting. That yes. I thought about. Uh, um, the Boys in the Band. Uh, a 2015 movie just called Hidden was a title connection. I did think about Hidden Fortress in that, in yeah. that front. Um, um, Everybody Wants Some came up, Apollo 13, um, The Martian, you know, the the usual suspects as far as the... Uh, the usual movies, suspects? What's the connection as far to the, the usual, space movies go? What's the connection to the usual suspects? No, I said the usual suspects as far as space movie go, movies go. Um, like the usual space movies. Yeah, um, the usual space And St. Vincent for the same director. Same director, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I do wonder, so I had Ma on my honorable mentions, okay. which stars Octavia Spencer. I actually think I should probably swap that with Drag Me to Hell because I lo- I just looked at Drag Me to Hell and Octavia Spencer is way down on that list. Yeah. Of, so I don't know how big, she's just bank co-worker in that movie. Okay. So I do think like that's probably not like a like Ma is probably I, a better connection. Yeah, Ma is probably a better Especially Ma is because isn't that movie a commentary on like casual racism? I don't know. I, all I know is that she plays a woman who, like, brings people back to her house to, like, right. brings college students back to get them drunk. Never and saw it's like it. A, it's yeah. like a sort of formula. Yeah, we didn't see it. Never saw it. It's come up a bunch of times on this podcast. Yes. Um, so, yes. I think we should switch Ma. It's actually directed by the same person who did The Help as well. Okay. Um, and Get On Up, which Get On Up was one I thought about uh, yeah. suggesting. Um, also on my honorable mentions, I had Swan Song, which is a Hulu movie. Um, I think it's supposed to be a lot like After Yang, um, and it stars Mahershala Ali. Thought about that one. And then Jackie in terms of a movie with the Kennedys that came out in 2016. Yeah, there you go. So, all right. Well, why don't you read what we got, and we can pick for our movie for next week. All right. Taking it from the top, we have Top Gun Maverick, Charlie's Angels, Hocus Pocus, Gattaca, The Good German, I aim at the stars, cosmonauts, the a trip to the moon, stand to deliver, JFK, the help, moonlight, the curious case of Benjamin Button, a beautiful mind, remember the Titans, Molly's game, Sully, the man who knew infinity, the imitation game, Apollo ten and a half, Independence Day, the shape of water, Ma, loose. And 13 days. Zach, you get to go first. Oh, I get to go first. All right. Um, I think I'm going to go Apollo 10 and a half because it's on your list and it was also on my list. Nice. And it's on Netflix. It is an easy watch, too. 
Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've seen it, but I don't mind watching it again. And from your list, quite honestly, the one that makes there are two that make that, that are standing out as making the most sense to me, and both have Octavia Spencer, and it's Scar as the Shape of Water versus Ma. Um, I'd really like to revisit the Shape of Water. Um, I remember thinking it was good, not great. Um, it's also like it would be really interesting to compare the othering in that movie to the othering in this movie. It does, yeah, there's a lot of racism. Um, I think, in that, or yeah. like, it's sort I mean, of like I, I, it's an I allegory. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with The Shape of Water yeah. from your list. I think it's interesting because we both saw Shape of Water before it came out and before it was even like in the um, in the yeah. picture for being yeah. best picture. So it's like uh, in the picture for best picture. So I think it is like an interesting, it'd be interesting to watch and be like, like it, it, it's very like you don't follow the NBA, but um, right. a few years ago there was a there was a basketball player named Anthony Bennett who surprisingly yep. went number one to the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, and it was on nobody's radar to go very high in the NBA draft. And I feel like that's like Anthony Bennett is the sh- that's a sign like Bill Simmons. The Anthony Bennett of- is the shape of water of basketball players. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, I'm a little disappointed you didn't do Independence Day, but I would assume that we're probably not doing a podcast on Friday. But I don't uh, think we are. And also, I wouldn't want to force it. And yeah, yeah that's fine. The, the the connection just isn't strong enough. Yeah. So. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully Although people it watch does use math, it does use math to defeat aliens. So. Yeah, I mean, and Will Smith is great. Um, yeah. and this is like a funny year to watch a Will Smith movie. Uh, all Keep right, Independence Day out of your mouth. All right, well, listener suggestions. So I'm thinking, I like Gattaca. Uh, yeah. People being treated lesser than. Uh, I also just like Gattaca. I think it's a good movie. Um, I had a beautiful mind on my list. I mean, would Remember the Titans just be like doing this again? What it would, about, and like, that's the, why I wouldn't pick it. Um, yeah, it, it would feel like doing the same thing again. Um, I don't know that our conversation would be that different. Is the thing. All right, well, whatever you're typing, uh, that's not that one. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I'm like I'm struggling with listener picks. Um, I mean, Moonlight is a great connection. I'm just I don't yeah. know. I'm not I'm not feeling. I don't know. I'm just not feeling Moonlight. Um, I'm not feeling in that discussion. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, we might not pick it, but I'm going to put Remember the Titans on there. Because, like, I've only seen Remember the Titans once. Um, I've seen it a bunch of times. You've seen it a bunch because, of times? Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Screw it. Gattaca, then, instead. It's a, you know, Ethan Hawke is having a moment right now. Um, Jude Law. Yeah. Jude Law is also, like, let's sometimes having a moment. So, yeah, let's, let's, I'll put Gattaca on there instead. Yeah, and I will go for the... Um, Fractured, fractured history. Um, Where did fractured? Around this time, um, I'm gonna go with JFK. JFK. Yeah, I'm gonna go. We're well, definitely not doing JFK on Friday because uh, that was like three plus it's three and a half. Yes, yeah, three and a half hour movie. Yeah. Um. um yeah. We Which, could have the discussion. I mean, you're also not going to have a lot of time to watch movies, right? Well, so we're definitely not recording till Wednesday. Um, yeah. Because I don't get back in town until Tuesday. Um. Mm. So yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a Wednesday, maybe it was a night record. Like it's gonna be, we're gonna be a little late on this. So, um, I mean, I don't know how long the shape. I feel like the shape of water is probably like decently long as well. Um, I mean, I would. I mean, I haven't watched Gattaca since I was seventeen. The 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 year it came out. I mean, I would mm-hmm. love to. I would love to revisit Gattaca. Let me get up some streaming. Um, um Gattaca is on Netflix. 
Gattaca's on, I also actually have the DVD for Netflix yeah. for Gattaca. So Gattaca's uh, on Netflix, and so is uh, Apollo Ten and a Half. Isn't Apollo Ten and a Half pretty short? Yeah, it's ninety minutes. Yeah, 85, 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's got the Glenn Powell, Glenn Powell, and uh, Space Connection. Space. And then what yeah. was the fourth one? Apollo Ten and a Half, Shapewater, Gattaca, and what was the last one? Oh, JFK. Jeff. 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 Yeah, I feel like JFK and Nixon are like our two like Oliver Stone movies that keep getting suggested yeah. and we never. I mean, them. I really love JFK, but it is so freaking long. It's long. I mean, I actually feel like that's a movie that doesn't feel the length, but uh, yeah, I would agree. With uh, that. JFK is not streaming anywhere, so no. I think we just between length and unstreamability, we knock JFK out. Um, so we're down to Gattaca, The Shape of Water, or Apollo Ten and a Half. I mean, since you brought it up, I kind of want to do Gattaca. If you feel like it's a strong enough connection. I think it's the shittiest connection. I mean, I like okay. the, like, I, I, it's not shitty. I shouldn't say it's shitty. It's a good connection in that, like, we're getting a character who's, like, uh, it's a space movie and a character. The thematic who, connection. Who is, yeah, who is uh, discriminated against. So I do like, like, discrimination in the space race or discrimination in space is, like, an interesting one. Um, I don't hate that. I also think, like, eh, we probably couldn't do it on Friday. Um, yeah, I... I, and I like um, I like the shape. I mean, I, I really like all three of these, to be honest. And you said I, Shape of Water is available? Yeah, Shape of Water is on Hulu. Um, Apollo 10 and a Half and Gattaca are on Netflix. I like Apollo 10 and a Half because I haven't seen it. Um, and Man Nerds is... Uh, it, yeah, that's. I, I think that's like... I think we should do Apollo 10 and a Half. I don't mind rewatching it. And you haven't seen it. And all right, it's new for I me. Mean, I know that you are up and down on Linklater. I um, am. Depending on it, might give it us is. a chance to pick the one, some of the Linklater movies I some of the don't like as much. Like. Yeah, I, I'll be curious how you like this. It's a really interesting coming of age story. Um, I think it'll be really fun. I don't mind rewatching it. Yeah, yeah. and we're going from you know like John yeah, Glenn Powell, John Glenn yes. Powell to yep. John Glenn Powell. Um, yep, we can actually call it John Glenn Powell next week. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, well yeah, yeah we'll do Apollo ten and a half, and that's like a quick easy watch. I can watch it. You know, I probably can watch one. it the night we're gonna we're gonna record. Yeah. So we'll yeah, probably it's record an easy one Wednesday. for the listeners too. Um, as far as Fourth of July weekend, people may have other plans. You know, this will be an easy one for them to for them to digest, and it's a fun for the whole family movie too. So. That's true. Yeah, and if you're feeling like patriotic, which you know, yeah, give exactly. or take, how patriotic you're feeling this weekend. Yeah. But yeah, Apollo ten and a half. You know, you're seeing the space race from the eyes of a ten year old boy, apparently. Between um, Apollo ten and a half and uh, Hamilton. Do we do Hamilton on Fourth of July weekend? No, year? we didn't. But I did rewatch oh, okay. it on Fourth of July. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. Okay, yeah, Apollo ten and a half. It is. It's on Netflix. Right. Um. Hopefully you have access to watch it. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but uh, yeah, you have a little bit la- extra time, but you know, just send in that yep. feedback at ladder movie on Twitter, the movie ladder, gmail.com to let us know uh, what you think of Apollo 10 and a half. And then where you think we should go next after Apollo 10 and a half. Um, let's see. In space. Yeah. Apollo. Well, Ooh, that's Apollo I- 10, 10 and a half come up. I feel like it came up after across the universe. Um, um, I know it came up on um, the right stuff a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely recommended it off of the right stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it's fairly new, so it's it's had very. It is. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think like it's it's interesting. I didn't think that we were going to be in uh, in NASA territory for so long, but now we're now this is going to be three sense. movies in a row with NASA. Yeah. So it's a very NASA summer. I like yeah. it. So, uh, all right. Well, next week, Richard Linklater's newest movie, his most recent movie, Apollo Ten and a Half. Um, Brendan, you get a point. I don't know where. Woohoo! We're... Finally. Yeah. 
So, um, all right. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to um, take a look at the scoreboard? Uh, you so have it readily that, available. Yeah. With that one point, um, that will give me my fourth point of the year. Uh, we have guests. Guests have one. That'll be a four from me, six for Zach, and a solid 16 for the listeners. We are oh, nothing man. if not a podcast of the people. So there you go. Do you, you don't have stats on which listener is the most picks? Do you? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Probably I would have to. I would have to com- compete yeah. that. And I am not a computer, so I cannot <laughs> spit that out for you right away. Yeah, All right. Uh, cool. All right. Well, yeah. Tune in next week for Apollo Ten and a Half. Uh, you know, yes. maybe ten days from now or so. Probably That's what we're looking at. Uh, sometime shortly after Fourth of July. But yeah, uh, plenty of time to watch that movie and get that feedback in. And then we will figure out what we'll be doing next. And then, again, I'm traveling a little bit, so it might be a weird uh, – that week after might be kind of weird. Although I am going to be back in D.C. a couple weeks after that. So who knows? Maybe we can try to do that in-person yep. podcast in, uh, you know, three weeks or whatever. We shall so. see. All right. Uh, Brennan, um, what is one thing you're looking forward to watching this week? What is one thing I'm looking forward to watching this week? Um, I am going over to our friend's Matt, friend Max to watch uh, Jaws for Fourth of July. Uh, if you were listening to the podcast a year ago – you will have heard me talk about that uh, last year um, around this time. Um, excited to do that again. Uh, what else am I watching this weekend? I you know, Apollo 10 and a half, um, our first animated film? Fully animated film? Fully animated film, I think so. Because we did um, Roger Rabbit last year, which yep. was partially animated. Yep. And then uh, volume two of season four of Stranger Things hits Netflix on Friday, oh. so I'm pretty excited to watch that. I have not watched volume one yeah. of Stranger Things. I had no idea it was coming back. And then Better Call Saul is like volume yep. two of Better Call Saul is two, soon too. Two more weeks or one more week to Better Call Saul. I'm yeah. gonna, all this traveling in the summer, I feel like I'm going to get so behind on TV. Uh, speaking of, Westworld came back last night and I had not watched the premiere. Uh, I watched I've it. heard I have not seen a single tweet about this. Like, I do not feel like anybody's talking about Westworld, but I'm excited. I'm probably going to watch Except it. Except for the usual suspects. Right. <laughs> but, like, I'm not seeing, like, you know, when, when uh, Better Call Saul is on, everybody's tweeting about Better Call Saul. I didn't right. see anybody Fair tweeting enough. about Westworld last night. Fair enough. Um, and also, what else am I going to watch? Um, so I watched After Yang last week, and it made me want to watch a bunch of, like, uh, AI movies like Ex Machina and AI. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, maybe want to watch Columbus again too. So I have all these movies I added. I started a, a private list on Letterbox because they don't do sub watch lists called my near watch list, and I just keep putting movies on my near. It's like the stuff I want to watch in the next like couple weeks. So I have some stuff on there. Mm. Um, so that makes that should make this segment easier. Although I'm I'm kind of filibustering a little bit. Um, mm. But yes, uh, I I do want to check out AI in Columbus and X Mach, you know, sometime soon. I also um, have to watch a German movie for my monthly movie challenge. And I'm going to do the mm-hmm. uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which has come up a bunch on this podcast. And uh, so I might watch that at some point this week too. Although I'm nice. leaving on Friday on a jet plane, hopefully. So. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm also going to watch certified copy tonight for criterion challenge. I need, ah, to, nice. I need to watch my, I hadn't watched my uh, criterion pick for this week yet. So I, mm-hmm. I, that's what's up next for me. So nice. All right. Well, and what's up for both of us is Apollo Ten and a Half uh, on Netflix. Richard Linklater's movie about the space age childhood—that's what he yep. calls it. So semi-autobiographical. Uh, he says. Cool. Very excited to get to this, and uh, we will be back in a little over a week to talk about it. So send your feedback at Ladder Movie, MovieLadderGmail.com. Thanks everybody for sending in your feedback to Hidden Figures. It definitely helped us kind of discuss this uh, with a little bit more perspective. So that's definitely helpful. Yep. And uh, looking forward to hearing what people think about Apollo 10 and a half. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Or a week, not a couple weeks. Three, two, one, blast off.
I don't think math can beat racism, but these ladies seem cool. <laughs> That's good. I like that.